What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Standouts. With me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Daring. How are you doing tonight, Sam? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Back in school, second week of the second week of the semester. So, one last semester. Starting to hit the uh, the grind, you know, really, really early. <laughs> yeah, you're almost there. So, um, it's awesome. You know, uh, another episode tonight. But for tonight, we got for you a little something different. We're going to be digging into, you know, the QB um, preview here for the 2021 NFL Draft, along with a couple of impact, you know, transfers that have uh, have happened um, through the course of the offseason for college football as well. Um, so you guys stay tuned for that. We're going to start off with the transfers and work our way into that uh, NFL draft QB position preview. Um, but before we go ahead and jump into all that, you guys notice down there on the ticker, our sponsors. First one down there is mybookie.ag. Head over there if you're a gambling addict like myself. Use code USN100 for double your first deposit. The Super Bowl is this Sunday. There's tons of player props out there that you can go ahead and bet on. So head over to mybookie.ag. Use code US 100 for double your first deposit, guys, a minimum of $45, you have to go ahead and deposit and then you'll get $45 back as well. So 90 bucks right there, half of that is free money to play around with. Um, and like I said, Super Bowl is this Sunday, biggest, one of the biggest events, sporting events out there that people bet on. So, you know, go ahead, head over there, make yourself some money. It's really nice and simple. Um, our second sponsor here is gonna be RxHemp. So head over to rxhemp.com. You can use code rxhemp-usn for 10% <coughs> off every single purchase that you make with them. It's all natural. CBD pain relief cream. It's hot and cold therapy. So, you know, it gets nice and warm and then it gets cool as well. It's great stuff, guys. I use it all the time. I'm about to have to go and buy myself another bottle and I'll be using that code um, RxHemp-USN to get 10% off of my purchase. The other things that we're doing, guys, uh, we've got a bunch of new stuff rolling in as well. So if you guys do watch us on a regular basis and would love to not only support our show, but support our network as well, the Unwrapped Sports Network, we have a new Patreon um, where you can have three levels. You can sign up for a dollar. Um, it's not even a sign up. It's just to support us. You know, throw us a dollar every month. That's awesome. Um, but then we have two other tiers that are higher up than that. So we've got a $5 USN family um, tier where you get 10% off from our store, which I'll go and talk about the store after this. You'll get 10% off our store um, every single time you shop, which is amazing. Not only that, but you are entered into a raffle or a giveaway for a $10, a $10 Amazon card, which is awesome. And you also get exclusive access to our new Discord, which is kind of like a um, message board slash group chat where you're able to interact not only with other fans of the Unwrapped Sports Network, but us, the contributors as well, the directors of the network as well. So it's really fun stuff. Um, it, it's for everything from pop culture to sports, anything you want to talk about. What's up, Michael? Thanks for jumping in here, man. Um, Sam looking good as always. I guess I'm not. All right, cool. Whatever. We'll go ahead and turn your turn your. How's it going, Michael? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after the family tier, um, you get the family tier. Excuse me, is five dollars. So five dollars a month, which is not that bad, guys. That, that's a a four for four costs about that much when you go to Wendy's. So you know, head of you know just you know cut back on the Wendy's. It's cool. Um, your next tier, the top tier that we have is called the VIP tier. It's awesome. It's ten dollars a month. You get twenty percent off every single time you shop at our store. Not only that, but you are entered into a giveaway for a signed jersey, which is amazing. Um, that right there is worth the money, I would say, anyways, $10 every month just for the jersey that you're going to get and win that signed. And then you also get access to the Unwrapped Sports Network Discord and be able to interact with us contributors as well. So if you are looking for that link, head over to you know the Unwrapped Sports Twitter handle, anything like that. We will we'll throw it up on our page as well, at Sat Standouts USN. So you guys be on the lookout for the Patreon 
go sign up for the Patreon. It's amazing stuff we got going. We just launched it, so it's going to be starting to you know ramp up here real recently. And then you know, last but not least, our store. Um, you know, Teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped. It's amazing stuff we got over there. We got every single show from our network just about that's a live show up there right now. Whether that's the hard count that I was on last night with Alex and um, and Christian. Um, you know, our stuff's on there. Saturday standouts. You've got ladies first. Um, with, with Amber Vickers as well. And then you've got all your regular unwrapped merchandise and apparel there as well. So head over to uh, our teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped. It's great stuff, guys. Um, you know, just go get your merchandise, go get your apparel, show love to your favorite shows from the unwrapped sports network. We appreciate you guys, you know, supporting us in whatever way you can, whether that be, you know, going and shopping with us or, or just going and, you know, being a part of that Patreon, like <clears> I was <throat> talking about, whether that's a dollar or whether that's $10, you know, whatever it means to you um it's just awesome stuff you know yeah it's just you know we're starting to change and we're starting to grow with the times and you know try and stay ahead of that curve so um it's going to be interesting but without further ado i'll let sam go ahead and take over and let you guys um in on what we're going to start off with here first yeah so let's uh let's let's go into the the transfer portal um quite a few big names but the transfer portal's really been heating up um and the first guy I want to talk about is a guy that's headed over to your division, Caleb, and that's Charleston Rambo. Um, Oklahoma is very interesting right now because they've got a lot of guys hitting the transfer portal. Uh, one of their star D-backs had just hit the transfer portal the other day. Um, they did get a former five-star offensive tackle, Wanya Morris, out of Tennessee. I believe he, he transferred as soon, like I want to say right after, right before that um those recruiting violations came out um but <laughs> charleston rambo to miami um i like it but what's going to be interesting is i i have a very hard time believing they're going to get Derek king ready by by week one um because he he tore his ac tore his acl cooler game cooler name i love master teague cooler name perry says charleston rambo i like i think that's a sick name master teague I think Master Teague's a sick name. I I love that name. Um, and They're both I, up there, but you, Master Teague's pretty legit. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, he and we, we Ohio State's not a team to get too de much in depth into tonight, but I mean they had the second best recruiting class in the nation, but right right behind Alabama um, for this coming class. But Charleston Rambo's over at uh, Miami now, and. Miami's being coached by a guy that's a primarily a defensive-minded coach. And we saw guys like Jalen Phillips got like going off. Gregory Russo's been dropping down the draft force because there's other edge rushers. Guys like Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojolari, Joseph Osai. There's multiple edge rushers that have really, really stepped up. Um, but what's interesting to me is yeah, I like the Miami destination, but I had a very hard time believing that they're going to have Derek King ready by week one because he had that knee injury uh, very late in the season. Actually, it was in the bowl game. Mm -hmm. And that was right before he announced that he was coming back to Miami too. Right. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him <clears throat> to to make it back for the beginning of next season. Um, he is expected to return next season off of that injury. So. That's, that's a positive for Charleston Rambo. And the whole thing with Charleston Rambo here is that he had a really bad and disappointing 2020 season. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I understand why he, he transferred out of Oklahoma because the other wide receivers were, you know, moving ahead of him on the depth chart in terms of 
you know, making better, making more plays, making better plays than he was able to make. Um, last season, he only had 25 catches for 312 yards and three touchdowns. So not really a whole lot going on, but um, he was at OU for three seasons. So he's going to have his senior year at the University of Miami. Over those three seasons, he had 76 catches for uh, a little over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns after he redshirted his freshman year. So, um, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to prove himself again in his last season in college. Um, his, his breakout year, it was in 2019, his sophomore year, where he had 43 catches for 743, or yeah, 743 yards and five touchdowns. <clears throat> Amber's showing some love in here, saying mm-hmm. Miami got a good one. I absolutely do believe that they did get a, a great wide receiver here, um, and it's kind of a steal for them. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to be wide receiver one last season. I think a lot of us did. I was hoping that Florida State was going to end up getting this guy, especially with McKenzie Milton getting in, who we will talk about a little bit later. So um, awesome for Miami to go ahead and get a wide receiver like Charleston Rambo for Derek King once he does return. Yeah, and I think, I mean, even Amber, I, I was hoping Amber would come in too because a lot of, you know, Oklahoma native, big Oklahoma fan. Um, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is an interesting team right now. Yeah, they did pick up Wanya Morris, which I think is a very, very nice pickup, but they're losing a lot of guys. Um, I think they're get, they're getting Kennedy Brooks back next season. Uh, they lost Trey Sermon to Ohio State this season. Um, Sp- Spencer Rattler is getting a lot of hype next season. He like he's been being put in the Heisman. Um, like he might even be one of the front runners, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I I think Rambo has a lot of promise. He does need a lot of polishing, obviously. But um, I think he could become a fan favorite over at Miami. Um, yeah, right. And Oklahoma has a really strong recruiting class. I really like Marvin Mims. Um, stats don't really show out, but I mean, he showed a lot of promise, and he was only a freshman coming in. So I like I like uh, Mookie's transferring as well. He's undecided. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Marvin Mims could be one of those guys to step up now. Um, but yeah, and the next guy I want to talk about too, unless you had something else to add about Charles. No, I was going no, to say you could go ahead and jump into uh, Wanya Morris if you wanted to. No, I mean he was. He was the top. That's I mean, I didn't want to go too in-depth. It was just he was the top Tennessee offensive tackle, five-star. Um, he had committed, went to Tennessee, and I think he – I want to say he either entered the transfer portal before or after those recruiting violations happened. But um, one of my favorite ones I want to talk about is Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler had a year left of his eligibility, so he, he, could, have, he could have entered the draft. He was draft eligible. Um, but he's headed to North Carolina. He could be that premier back. I think he's going to be that premier back because they don't have Javante Williams. They don't have Michael Carter. I mean, this guy could be the offensive playmaker that they need now because they don't have Carter. They don't have Williams. They don't have Daz Newsome. They don't have Diami Brown. I mean, Ty Chandler, to me, I mean, is going to turn into one of those guys um, that's going to be not only the premier back, but one of those star studs on that offense. Cause I think North Carolina had an extremely underrated offense this past season. Oh, absolutely. And like the fact that you just said, they're losing two great, you know, running, not great running backs, but two <clears throat> above average running backs that are now headed to the NFL. And so that leaves a, a valuable position open for the taking. And that's where Chandler comes in. Um, when Chandler was at UT, he wasn't necessarily, you know, and every down back, he, he, you know, he split carries with a bunch of their other backs that they had there in Tennessee because they had a lot of them. Um, but he did rack up, you know, a decent amount of yards over his four-year career there. And he was pretty much the, the number one guy, you know, you can call him. He was the lead back there in Tennessee, um, racked up over 2,000 yards rushing and 465 yards 
um, receiving over the four years. So he was, you know, very much involved there. Um, he only topped 20 carries in two games throughout his four years, which is pretty wild. So he's going to get a chance here at UNC to prove himself as being that number one, number one guy. And he needs to be able to go ahead and, you know, grasp that and take those, those horns and be able to, you know, to prove his draft stock where he wants himself to be. So um, uh, what I'm reading from the Tar Heel side of things is they are extremely excited to get Chandler in here. And they believe that he is going to be a perfect fit alongside Sam Howell and that offense. Right. And you mentioned his receiving abilities too. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have jaw dropping stats, but I mean, he's shown that he can prove it. He's shown it. And you just also, you also mentioned as well that he split carries. So he's going to come into North Carolina and he's going to come in and be that workhorse running back that he can show NFL teams and really, really skyrocket his draft stock. I think this is a really, really nice pickup for North Carolina. Absolutely. He's got, he's got all the intangibles that you really look at. He's, he's got excellent size, 5'11", a little over 200 pounds, ran a 40-yard dash of 4.3, um, which is pretty incredible for, for a man that size. So um, I, I think he's going to bring a lot to um, that UNC offense, you know, keep them dynamic like they were last year. Um, yeah, go ahead and see your next guy, Sam. Yeah, and I mean, one, one thing that they, I mean, the one thing that North Carolina sees in Ty Chandler, too, is a lot of similar traits to the running backs that they're about to lose to the draft. And Michael Carter mm-hmm. and Javante Williams, the versatility, the experience, and the proven of the passing game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we got two more here. Um, I don't want to go too in-depth, but the first one's Dylan McCaffrey. Dylan McCaffrey was from Nebraska. Um, Nebraska I mean, to me at this point, I feel like when Scott Frost was hired there, you had to know what you're getting yourself into, but they've been rebuilding for years. I mean, right. I mean, I think Adrian Martinez is a good quarterback, but he has no supporting cast. Uh, but now Dylan McCaffrey's headed out into Northern Colorado to um, play for his dad or play for his dad. His dad coaches out there in Northern Colorado. But um, I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. It seems to me Adrian Martinez is their guy. Um, but I mean. <laughs> You go to a smaller school, you get to play for your dad, which is always cool to see guys like that. But, um, I mean, this could be his his time to really make a name for himself at the college level. Yeah, um, it's, it's interesting because, obviously, uh, McCaffrey is moving from the FBS level down to the FCS level mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, playing in, in the conference that he's playing in, which will be in the Big mm-hmm. Sky Conference, I believe. Um, so he is immediately eligible to play, and as we all know, the uh, big sky is having their season in the spring. So he's going to be jumping right in and, and playing football here, right. As we're talking, getting ready to, you know, very soon. So um, that's awesome for him. He was never going to be the guy at Michigan. Um, that's unfortunate for him because there was talent there. He just wasn't able to, you know, play at the level that was expected of him. Um, I think he'll be all right. I mean, you're being coached by your dad. It, it should be fine. Um, but then again, you got this new quarterback coming in who's never played in an FCS game and a whole new head coach too. So his, his dad, Ed, um, he has yet to coach for Northern Colorado. So there'll be an interesting dynamic there. Um, and we'll see how it works out between the two, but, you know, good for him being able to get some playing time now outside of, you know, being at Michigan and for Michigan on that, that side of things, um, they still have Cade McNamara and Joe Milton. So they'll be all right. Um, heading into next year without, without McCaffrey. Yeah, thanks for correcting me, uh, Michigan and Nebraska. Because uh, um, you're but, thinking of you're thinking of Luke. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, the other McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, Michigan. We don't need to talk about that, but uh, they got the multi-year extension on their guy Jim Harbaugh, so it'll be interesting. But yeah, like you said, they got Joe Milton. But 
let's stay at Michigan to end the, the transfer portal here. This one surprised me a bit. Um, he's a sophomore. Um, showed a lot of promise his first year. Didn't do too much his second year. That's Zach Charbonnet. Um, you're going over to UCLA. UCLA lost to Mitrick Felton, the guy that you know we talked about last week, previewing, previewing the Senior Bowl. A guy that was a running back, trying to his receiver, really, really proving his versatility and showing off his versatility. But you know, Zach Charbonnet comes in and he can compete to be one of those that one-two back or that one-two punch guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and if if I remember correctly, Char, um, Charbonnet is from the LA area, from yep. from, Camar- from Camarillo, I believe. Um, went to Oaks Christian High um, there in Westlake. So um, that's that's cool for him. You know, returning home to UCLA to play for Chip Kelly, six one, two twenty. You know, big big guy. Um, so we'll see in twenty nineteen, which was his first year um, with Michigan. He he did a pretty good job. You know, for a freshman running for seven hundred twenty six yards which, you know, led the team in rushing and instead of freshman rushing record for Michigan with 11 touchdowns, it's this past season where he kind of, you know, fell off the slope there a little bit, only, you know, running for 124 yards on 19 carries. 124 yards on 19 carries is pretty good, you know, when it comes to your average and whatnot, but um, Hassan Haskins kind of made his name known last season for the Wolverines and kind of set the pace there. Um, But going over to UCLA, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to have a chance, like we were talking about with Chandler, to be, to be that guy um so that's gonna be awesome for him um and then you know like chip kelly he's he's been proven chip kelly has to kind of be good or you know be good at developing you know running backs i mean you look at josh kelly and he had a thousand yards in consecutive seasons look what felton jr was able to do who we're talking about you know switching over to wide receiver we were talking about him last week so um it's going to be exciting and you know felton last season in six games ran for over 660 <clears throat> yards um, so that's over a hundred yards a game per on average um, over six games. It's gonna be great. So Chip Kelly's gonna. I think he's pretty excited to to have a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, like Charbonnet in, in that locker room. Yeah, and we've talked about the Pac-12 before. I think the Pac-12 has a lot of promising players. You know, Zach Charbonnet is going into a conference where he could really, even in an offense in general, um, where he could really, really improve himself and make an even bigger name for himself on the draft. And um, in terms of if he's going to be a guy that potentially wants to be an early to mid round draft pick uh, when his time comes, I believe it'll be 2020, 2023. I believe he's a sophomore now, um, or he'll, he'll be yeah. a junior, I think next year, but right. Um, but I mean, I like their quarterback a lot. Dorian Thompson Robinson shown him. We saw plenty of flashes in the limited season that they had, but, um, but Zach Charbonnet was a guy um, you mentioned he's from California. I mean, that name has always that name, I feel like, was definitely a familiar one. I mean, when in, in his recruiting class, yeah, a hundred percent, he was. And you know, just one one last person I want to touch up on that we've mentioned in the past, and that's Mackenzie Milton. Um, you know, the electrifying quarterback that used to play at, at UCF um, before he completely shattered his knee and you know had to go through a long two year process. It felt like to even just get to this point, um, feels like he's you know about 90% back right now. And hopefully when it's time for football come the fall, he is at a hundred percent. He's hopeful for that. Um, he, he is the one that led them to their undefeated season, their national championship <clears throat> season, if you will. Um, he finished his career at UCF with over 8,600 yards passing over 72 touchdowns and <laughs> over 9,700 total yards. Um, so that's on the ground as well. Cause he was, you know, a mobile guy. So, he might not be the same player he was at UCF, but the kid was electrifying. Kid's got an arm. Um, he's got talent. So we'll see what he is able to bring to Florida State. 
who is in need of a quarterback that can, you know, actually throw the ball and a quarterback that's not young like Chevy Purdy or a quarterback that doesn't really push the ball downfield like Jordan Travis and usually and who usually just uses his legs. Yeah, I mean, as an FSU fan yourself, I mean, Florida, Florida State is probably ecstatic that they finally have their quarterback, right? And a- Alex Hornibrook, we all know my opinions on it, but Alex Hornibrook didn't do anything at Wisconsin um, and didn't do a whole lot. I mean, he had one or two good games with Florida State, came in for James Blackman. And, you know, James Blackman's, I feel like, James Blackman, I feel like, has been a guy the past two seasons that, um, you know, that will start off games and then he'll get benched for quite a few games in the season. So, like, it turned, it, I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of it turns into the confidence that they have in putting him in. And we saw Chuba Purdy early in the season um, and even Jordan Travis, and it ended up being Jordan Travis for the season. But I, I like Mackenzie Milton, big name, too. I think that's going to help recruiting a lot. Yeah, it, it 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 already has shown, you know, especially moving into 2021 right now. And then also with bringing in transfers, he was able to get some of these guys on board, which is awesome um, for my Noles. So I'm excited about that. Um, but without, you know, digging any further into our transfer list or anything like that, let's go ahead and jump into this quarterback review that we have going. And that's going to be, uh, there's a bunch of guys. So you can go ahead and start us off with, obviously, our top prospect in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, to me, I feel like there's not a lot of things that you cannot like about him. I mean, if there's one little thing, I mean, he, he's not really like a big body quarterback. I mean, his I love his mobility, his arm talent, and even his vision has gotten immensely better since he started his freshman year with Clemson, uh, went in for Kelly Bryant. Um, yeah, he probably could put on a few pounds, like bulk up just a little bit, but like, that's not, I mean, he's, he's going to be the number one pick and I'm mean, Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence is generational talent. And a lot of people were saying when miles Garrett came out of college from AM, as you don't get these guys around, you don't get guys like him around like a lot. And mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. He will change just about any franchise that he joins. Um, and Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to hopefully going to get something special. I don't want to hear the, oh, just because Urban Meyer played at coach at Ohio State that Justin Fields is going there. No, that that's no. It makes sense why it's coming up, but it's not going to happen. But um, Trevor Lawrence is their guy, and Jacksonville has a very bright future with him, um, even with the division they're in too. But I, I think Jacksonville's got a very bright future. Always, always interested to see college coaches. Matt Rule, you look at Matt Rule, he turned Temple around. He turned Baylor around into a relevant Big 12 team. Matt Rule's known for turning programs around. And even though the Panthers had an awful record this season, I feel like they de- we definitely saw a lot more flashes, and their record definitely might have not have shown how talented that roster is. They did go all defense. They don't, they don't seem to be a, a big Teddy Bridgewater guy, so I'm anxious to see what their quarterback situation is going to look like. But Cliff Kingsbury is another one. I'm not the biggest fan of Cliff Kingsbury, but Urban Meyer is a proven winner. I know a lot of people that are very indifferent on it. I don't. I think they, they could have gone better. I, I, I think the Jags should have gone Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, it's it's really mind-boggling that he's gone three Three full seasons now, I think that three full off seasons without a head coaching job. I really don't understand that. And then Chiefs players really came out, guys like Tyreek Hill, um, 
might have been Sammy Watkins or someone. Um, really had a lot of high praise for him. He, he's really he's not just a great coach, but he's a great human being. And um, Eric Bieniemy deserves a job. I think Andy Reid was one of those guys that came out and spoke. Like he's like he's unbelievably talented. He deserves a job. But we don't need to go too in depth on the coaching carousel for the NFL. But um, assuming Trevor Lawrence goes number one to the Jags, they have a ton of cap space. So if they really played their cards right they could have a successful season and go at, at least seven to eight wins. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick. I don't think Urban Meyer takes that job without knowing that Trevor Lawrence is, and they have the number one pick, and he's going to get Trevor Lawrence ultimately. Um, Trevor is a proven winner. He's a proven leader on the football field, so it's an easy take there at number one. Um, you can talk about his intangibles all you want to. You can talk about his measurements all you want to. Kid's just a winner. Leader kid has the size, kid has the presence um, to be a quarterback in the NFL. So he's going to be the top guy no matter what. Um, last year threw for a little over 3,000 yards, almost a 70% completion percentage with 24 touchdowns and five picks in just two games because he obviously missed those two games with COVID um, and then added 211 rushing yards with eight touching, eight rushing touchdowns <laughs> on the ground. So a very mobile guy as well. Um, it, it's easy to see why, you know, they want to take him at number one in Jacksonville, and that's going to be a great building block for them. Um, but moving on to our other quarterbacks here, um, and perhaps, you know, the biggest question mark here is, is the number two guy. There could be maybe two or three that you could throw into this, into this conversation right now. But I'll go ahead and name the top two that I think are vying for that second spot as the second best quarterback in this draft. And that's Zach Wilson out of BYU and then obviously Justin Fields with Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, you named Zach Wilson first, so we'll talk about him. I mean, yeah, he's a guy that only – we've only seen one, like, a really, really good year of tape. We've seen – I mean, now we're seeing probably a year and a half of good tape right now for Justin Fields. But Zach Wilson is – like, the QB2 situation, we both went into this season, a lot of us went into with it, with being at Justin Fields. Um, I think if Trey Lance would have played the entire season, I probably would have put Trey Lance – but him having such limited amount of tape is very, very concerning. I think he's probably going to be maybe a – I would say he's probably going to be a big risk of a pick, and depending on where he goes. Um, I believe that Trevor Lawrence should be the only quarterback starting day one. Do I think that's going to be the case? I don't Maybe I don't think so, depending on where these other quarterbacks end up. We could see Justin Fields in a starting role right away. But I love Zach Wilson, his ability to extend plays – um, and I love his throwing angles. I mean, his ability to throw the ball at various angles of his game and his ability to extend plays, and he's playing for BYU. And, yes, it's not a Power 5 conference. He had guys, I believe his top wide receiver is currently a draft prospect, Dax Millen, um, but Zach Wilson is unbelievable. He's I, I think Zach Wilson could be very good in the NFL, if he sits for at least a year, I've seen Zach Wilson to the Falcons. Wouldn't be a bad move. I like Justin Fields to the Falcons. I think Zach Wilson has the chance to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL, but he should not be starting day one. Um, and I think obviously, yeah, he doesn't play. He didn't play in the power five. He, he was an independent conference, but he played mountain or he played Boise state, a team that's always just consistently good in the mountain West conference. And he yeah. went off. Yep, Utah. I think there was at the bowl game. There was a bowl game that that might have been it, right? Uh, the bowl game that you're thinking of is the Idaho Potato Bowl. Um, I forget who they played. Hawaii in 2018. 
And he went uh, eighteen for eight where he went eighteen for eighteen with three hundred yards and like four four tutties. Right. And because there was a game, I can't rec- I don't remember who they played this this year's bowl game. Oh, this, but year, it, this year's bowl game. Yeah. Um, um it was another like good UCF. team. Yeah, right. UCF. And he went off against that. And like he's shown that he can win. He's shown that he can win games with the very consistent, successful, and winning teams, even though they are not power five teams. Um, so I think Zach Wilson has a chance to be good. I think um, I sent out a tweet on my personal Twitter page. Um, most of them were yes. Um, we did a mock draft. I said they should. the Lions should take Zach Wilson. If Jared Goff, if the Lions trade Jared Goff before June 1st, they save $27.8 million. Um, I mean, the Ram, I don't recall his name, but the Rams' new GM is from the Rams' front office, so it makes sense why he would want to trade with his former team. Um, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't want to go young and draft a quarterback, even though Goff is only, what, 26? I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't want to start over. This team is just probably has a chance to be one of the worst teams in the NFL next season, at least the top three pick. But That's right. Zach Wilson, um, especially in a very good situation, I like the Atlanta fit. I think he would do very well, benefit immensely from sitting behind a quarterback for a year, a veteran. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson is my number two guy as well. Here's Sam. I like him a lot. I I think he has up next to Trevor Lawrence ability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, depending on the fit and the scheme. And I think, you know, you had mentioned the Panthers. I think that would be a fantastic fit for him um, with a with a young coach and Matt Rule too. Matt Rule too. Um, so that would be fantastic. And then on top of that, he would get to sit under Teddy Bridgewater for a little bit, which would be, you know, yeah. preferred. Um, so I could definitely see, you know, the the as long as or they have to, you know, if the Panthers really see Zach Wilson as a number two quarterback here, they're gonna have to move up in this draft from I think they're either at seven or eight right now. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna have to move up right there. Um, but yeah, he's been all over the place. You're talking about that UCF that bowl game, the Boca Raton Bowl this year. 425 passing yards, five total touchdowns, um, absolutely blew them out. And I already talked about their game against Hawaii back in 20 or 2018, excuse me. Um, this season, a little over 3,000 yards passing and over 73% completion rate with 30 touchdowns to just three picks. Um, had 242 yards on the ground with eight touchdowns on the ground, which is pretty good as well. Um, so I like him a lot as a number two guy. But, you know, more of a conversation here is um, when it comes to Justin Fields, he just continuously going to fall back and everybody on everybody's draft board um you know he's not a bad quarterback he, he proved that he's not i mean he he had a big game in in their first game in the playoff which was great for them and in, in knocking <clears throat> off clemson um threw for 1906 yards this season on 73.4 percent completion rate 21 touchdowns and just six interceptions all this in seven games um 274 yards on the ground five rushing touchdowns so not you know the most extravagant numbers uh in only playing seven games so uh it is what it is but what what is something you know why do you see him necessarily slipping or what's the deal when it comes to justin fields yeah i've seen justin fields fall as far as 15 to the patriots um i personally don't think he's a top 10 prospect my i i've got him a little bit past 10 probably in the 11 to 15 range at most definitely um, and my friend was saying, like, I was asking my friend the other day, I said, do you think Justin Fields is a top 10 prospect? A lot of people say yes. Um, and he had over three, 3,000, 30, over 3,200 passing yards and 41 touchdowns in 2019. And then this season, even though we did have an uncertain season with COVID, thankfully we got through, 
Um, thankfully, we got through it. Unfortunately, wasn't we didn't get through it how we wanted to um, with a lot of COVID tests coming back positive, but we got through the season. And I think this season is where we saw a lot of the weaknesses get stood out, uh, that a lot of Trevor Lawrence's weaknesses stand out even more. Um, a lot of it, I mean, even this season was decision-making. And I think up until the Clemson game in the college football playoff, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, even I've seen one of my good friends who I just mentioned before is an Ohio State fan. And Jesse Clark over on Unwrapped, we had him on the panel a while ago. Um, he might even attest to this, is a lot of people are writing, were writing fields off at the time up until the Clemson game because his ability to not show up in big games. Northwestern, he was exposed. The secondary was exposed against Indiana. Justin Fields was exposed. I want to say he went through two picks at least um, late in the game against Northwestern, and then he comes and shows out against Clemson. And I think that I think that really, really improved his draft stock. Um, and I think going into the Bama game, um, he would have had to have it at least – he had – 194 and a touchdown, but I mean, that's, that wasn't his fault. I think that team, I think that whole team in general struggled as a whole. Trey Sermon went out, Master Teague turned into a star, um, one of the studs of that game. But um, I think all when it comes, when it all comes down to it, I think the main thing for me is definitely his decision-making. I'm sure you, I, I wouldn't even say me. I feel like a lot of people have thrown it, thrown it out there and said, his vision's been a problem. His decision-making's been a problem. Um, was a problem this season, I should say. Um, and, I mean, that that's probably why he's falling. And I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Zach Wilson is the second quarterback off the board behind Trevor Lawrence, and the third ends up being Justin Fields. And I think when it comes down to it, too, it's going to be which team values it, which team values Fields more than Wilson or vice versa. I like Justin Fields better on the Falcons' offense than Zach Wilson. Uh, Matt Ryan's not a mobile quarterback and the new GM coming from the Saints front office. Um, they came out the other day and said Julio and Kelvin Ridley are both staying. But I mean, we've seen signs of regression from Matt Ryan for quite a few years now. I think it was might have been since the 28 to three Super Bowl run. Um, and you bring in a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields, who could potentially sit behind um, a veteran quarterback, a Super Bowl quarterback like Matt Ryan. Um, but I think Fields would benefit very well from sitting behind a veteran quarterback, and I think I think he'll be good in the right system. I don't think he'll be a bust. I don't think he'll be this elite quarterback um, because a lot of people seem to be putting this Ohio State narrative of these quarterbacks um, not doing too hot in the NFL. Well, I've always said that about Ohio State quarterbacks. Is there, there's a reason they're good in college, and that's because their wide receivers are so good in college, and their wide receivers just <clears throat> them very easily, and it makes it very easy for their quarterbacks to be successful when the guy's got the yards of space between him and the, and the defender. So it makes it very easy for them to look good in, in college, but when it comes to the NFL, they, they can't do that because the guy on the opposite side of the field of you is just as good as your wide receivers are. So they're all professionals. You're not going to have – one side that's way more talented than the other side here. So, um, you know, he, he played well at Ohio State. He, he had a huge game against Clemson, which showed a lot about or showed a lot to me that he's a tough guy. He loves to lead by example by taking a huge shot, getting up, staying into the game still, and still throwing three touchdowns afterwards. He is mobile. Um, and I agree with you. I think he fits the Atlanta Falcons offense and where they want to go in the future. Sitting behind Matt Ryan is, is absolutely perfect because Matt Ryan has a great football mind as a quarterback. Um, so that would be nice for him too. But I don't know 
you know, I, it's just hard to say when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks because, I mean, it's just – I mean, you can look at the same thing when it comes to, you know, Florida State quarterbacks. Florida State's quarterbacks have been great in college but haven't necessarily taken it over to the NFL, whether that be Christian Ponder, E.J. Manuel, Jameis Winston. Um, he's going to get another shot here. But same thing with Ohio State. It's the, it's the same, you know, narrative over and over again about their quarterbacks and are they going to make it in the NFL. And it's proven over and over and over again that they can't. Dwayne Haskins, Cardell Jones most recently – you know, it just it's just a very huge question mark. And I think, you know, NFL teams worry about that. Um, I would, you know, unless it's until it's proven and there's the one guy that proves that that's not the case, then you can start, you know, getting rid of that narrative. But maybe Fields is that guy. Maybe he's not. Um, we'll see both Kuiper and McShay both have them as their quarterback number two over Zach Wilson. I tend to disagree. I like Zach Wilson a little bit more um, just because he's, I don't know. He just, he just, he has a little bit more, uh, I don't know, pizzazz to him, I guess, a little bit more, you know, fun to his game. And I, I like that at, personally, in my opinion. So um, that would be my case to put Zach Wilson over, over fields. But I mean, there's still two very good quarterbacks and we'll see what they do when it comes to this level. So after those guys, the obvious guy that comes in next who kind of had the hype coming into the season before he wasn't able to play. And that's one of Sam's favorite guys in Trey Lance out of North Dakota state. <laughs> yeah, I like Trey Lance a lot. Um, I, I, I think he's going to need a lot of polishing. And I think what's tough is he's got a very limited amount of tape. Yeah, he played one season back in October. And this was not me that said this. There were a few people in the Unwrapped chat that had Trey Lance. Like, as like they were very high. Like, I don't know who it was. Um, but I feel like I think there's like one or two guys in, the, in our chat, in our group, that are higher on Trey Lance than I am. Um, I'm not like, I, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be this elite quarterback. Uh, but what I think is going to be tough is I think he'll need more than one year of grooming. I mean, he only has one year of impressive tape. Look at Jacob Eason. I mean, a lot of people were saying Jacob Eason didn't have enough tape to, uh, to come, to come into the draft. He should, he should have been a guy that stayed back at Washington and Washington wasn't that bad this season. I think Washington, I mean, they were, I think COVID took them out of the PAC 12 title game. Um, right. But wa Washington was, you know, a really surprising team. I don't recall where we were, where we were predicting them. Um, I don't think we have predicted them very good at all, <laughs> but just because they lost a lot of talent. Um, but Jacob Eason's one of those guys that didn't have enough tape. Trey Lance has a very limited amount of tape. And I mentioned last on last week's show with Mel Kuyper bringing up on the podcast I was listening to. Um, what if he would have been a guy that would have transferred over to a power five conference for this, for this, for uh, even next season um, or like a team like Texas, go to a team like the big 12, a team that's losing Sam Ellinger. So they're going to trade Lance in there. I think that could have been, I think that could have been one that trade Lance really solidifies himself. Because if you look at next year's class, you're going to have Sam Howell. You're going to have Keaton Slovis, Jaden Daniels. You're going to have JT Daniels. And I think J JT Daniels is my front runner Heisman candidate right now. Um, and it's way too early, but um, the next year's quarterback class, quarterback class looks very promising. But if Jacob Eason would have come in this year, he could have been a first round pick. Like he could have been a very, very early round selection, but Trey Lance is one of those guys that's going to have a lot of question marks coming in for NFL teams. Yeah, he definitely is uh, only playing one game before the season getting canceled and then mm -hmm. having one season before. Um, it's only not a whole lot. You can't really go off of, you know, play on the field in, in those circumstances. And, you know, he could have, you know, relied upon his performance at the NFL Combine, but that's not happening anymore either. So Trey 
this is where you've seen him kind of fall back behind these other names um, pretty often. I still think he'll be okay. I think he's going to be a mid-round guy, mid-first-round guy. I think he still probably goes first mm-hmm. round. Um, so who? I don't know, but I think there's going to be a team out there. I mean, you look at maybe a team like the Chicago Bears or somebody like that who or has a has a guy on a one-year prove-it deal, um, the Derek Carr with the Raiders or, or something like that, um, you know, where you're going to start looking at guys who can fill that spot if their quarterback doesn't kind of move around look at the Patriots at 15 um there's all kinds of places where Trey Lance could go and could be good fit um Mel Kiper has him ranked as quarterback five McShay is quarterback three um he could have played spring for North Dakota State because that's where they're having their season but that's not the case he's deciding to enter the NFL um which I I I completely agree with him that he should have done that um guys prototypical 6'4 225 um, he has 17 career starts, so not a whole lot um, to go off with, with Trey Lance. So um, we'll see. He'll, he's going to have to prove himself um, in the NFL, that's for sure. Um, and then two of the, the more exciting guys that I like to talk about and a lot of people like to compare, and that's Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, um, equally both out of the SEC. One went to Florida and one to Alabama. Yeah, and before I go on, too, is I think whoever drafts these quarterbacks, I guess Trey Lance and specifically, Patriots, for example, they need to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick because I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's a guy that has at least one, maybe two years left in the tank. Um, and he can still start over a veteran. And I think maybe not do what the Dolphins did because I think what the Dolphins did is when, when they started Tua, um, which surprised a lot of people. I didn't think that was a smart move at all. To start Tua, um, when he came off of a hip injury, if he comes in fully healthy didn't even have that. If you even scratch that hip injury that he supposed to assume that he never had it, then I would understand the move a lot more. But you have a guy that's coming off of a hip injury and a guy that is now your starter next year um, in a starting situation. But I think it's a team like the Patriots, for example, if they, if they go and get Trey Lance, Fitzpatrick should be the guy on their radar for free agency. But um, going over to Mac Jones, I'm guessing that's who you wanted to talk about first before Kyle Trask. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously never thought that he would have this season, but I remember talking about the SEC. I mean, I, I've said that I, I think Mac Jones was better than people like give him credit for. Um, and we put the, you put the narrative on the Ohio state quarterbacks. I think it's very similar to the Alabama quarterbacks, right? Because I think the best quarterback Tua, I think towing to mm-hmm. Mac Jones is not Tua. I think Tua is the best quarterback Bama has had maybe even ever. And the best quarterback to come out of Alabama that's been successful in the NFL is A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron was a starter for a while, turned into a like a you know reliable QB2. I think Tua has a strong chance to break that trend. I know other people I know are higher on Tua than I am, but I think Tua has a chance to be a good quarterback, a very productive quarterback. Um, I know Mac Jones interviewed with um, the Saints. I want to say the Patriots, and I want to say the Saints was the team that he was very intrigued with. Um, and I think it, they, the Saints came out earlier today that they're interested in bringing Winston back. Mac Jones to the Saints would be an unbelievable fit. Um, and that's a pert like Mac Jones, go out and sign Fitz. Or even Mac Jones, you signed Winston to a one-year prove-it deal to see if he can you know, prove himself to be that guy. But Mac Jones really, really surprised everyone and turned into a Heisman candidate headed to New York. Only through four interceptions, 41 touchdowns, and 4,500 yards. Um, 
What I'm interested to see is if, like, he last year at one point, he had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Najee Harris. This year, he had Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson Jr., and like last year, and John Meshi. And then Waddle went out, and then he had the other three. So I'm wondering where he, if like, what's going to happen if he go, like, how he'll do or how he'll adapt, I should say, if he goes to a team that is in much more of a rebuild mode or, like, not necessarily, like, look at the Jordan Love situation. Like, Jordan Love's going to be, I think, Gutekunst is building that team to compete for the future while still being able to compete now because they're mm-hmm. still Aaron Rodgers. They still, this is the same thing that happened between Rodgers and Favre when they drafted Rodgers. Um, so I'm wondering how Mac Jones is going to adapt by going to a team that has close to no weapons. Um, the Saints is a good fit. I feel like I have seen the um, um, the Patriots. Don't have a lot of receivers. Julian Edelman is getting up there in age. Um, I've seen the Bears too. I doubt they bring back Allen Robinson. So – um, I think Mac Jones has a very bright future in the NFL, but I'm, I'm anxious to see how he does with a team that doesn't have, um, you know, that elite powerful offense with those, with those players like that. Yeah. I, I personally think Mac Jones has the most potential out of all these quarterbacks that we've talked about right now to be the most or have the most success when it comes to having an NFL career that's prolonged as well. Um, he's just prototypical. Um, he, he's, you know, grew up admiring Tim Tebow. So, um, you know, he's got a little bit of fiery passion. If that's a guy, you know, you grew up watching, um, put up insane numbers, you know, this past season. So nobody expected it to happen. Kuiper has <clears throat> his quarterback four, McShay is quarterback five. Mm-hmm. I could even see him moving up into QB three territory, taking Justin Fields spot as that, as that number three um, quarterback here, just based off of, you know, when you look at Mac Jones, you can just see he's got that composure. You know, he's got that quarterback composure that, that NFL teams like to have, much like a Trevor Lawrence, you know, just kind of very composed, doesn't really do a whole lot um, other than do what's needed of him. So he's more of that game manager type, I think, when it comes to the next level. I don't think he's going to put up, you know, astronomical numbers like he did in college because he's not going to have, you know, the necess- or the abundance of weapons that he did, you know, at Alabama, like those players that you had mentioned. Right. But um, I like Mac Jones a lot. I would, I would hate for him to go to the Patriots because you, like you put a kid like that with Bill Belichick. We've already seen it happen once with Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady was the last pick of the draft. So, um, could be totally imp- opposite here. But I, I see, you know, a lot of you know the the characteristics that you get from a quarterback like Tom Brady or somebody like that in Mac Jones. Um, <clears throat> I like I like him a hell of a lot here. Um, and then the other quarterback I was talking about was Kyle Trask. Out of UF, 6'5", 240, big, tall guy, um, can move as well outside of the pocket, put up over 4,000 yards passing this last year, a little under 70% completion rate, which is not bad, 43 touchdowns, eight picks, um, had three rushing touchdowns, both McShay and Kuiper have him as the quarterback six. There's a lot of quarterbacks here that could go early, um, so it's very interesting to see where Trask might end up. He kind of fell apart towards the end of the season, um, not like fall apart, fall apart, but you know, didn't look as good as he did earlier in the season. Um, he, again, had weapons in Kadarius <clears throat> Tony, um, Kyle Pitts, didn't have as much of a run game, um, so say did Mac Jones, did with Najee Harris, but something of a semblance of one, but Florida liked to pass the ball a lot uh, with him back there. So um, your thoughts on, on where we're going to see Kyle and who, who do you think he fits with? I see Kyle Trask being a I, definitely a day two pick, somewhere between, 
I would say mid to late second chance to fall into the third round. Um, one team that I'm really looking at, um, I think the Bears have a strong chance to take a quarterback. I don't think it's going to be in the first round. I think they're giving Trubisky one more one-year prove-it deal. Um, but I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts uh, because I think the QB situation there is very interesting. Um, they lost out on the Stafford sweepstakes. I personally think Dak Prescott staying with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think Dallas is going to have a choice. I think they're going to give Dak like big time money. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they make him like a top five highest paid quarterback in the NFL um, because quarterbacks are hard to come by. Um, and at one point in the season, we were seeing Kyle Trask being put in the same sentence as Joe Burrow from last season. And you had mentioned, I mean, coming into the season, he had basically only had Kyle Pitts. And Trevin Grimes had a lot of – even Trevin Grimes played well in the Senior Bowl, had a good week of Senior Bowl practice and drills. And mm-hmm. even Kadarius Tony showing out to potentially being a first-round pick goes to show that, I mean, Kyle Trask, a lot of that credit is Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has made guys like Kadarius Tony, who was probably seen as a late day three pick, maybe somewhere in the fifth or sixth round, to potentially going all the way up to the third round. Like – Darius Tony's probably one of, if not the biggest draft riser we have seen all season. And halfway through the season, we were seeing Kyle Trask, you know, fly into the first round. Um, and even Kyle Trask, I think, I think after that game against Oklahoma, because I think that's the game where he threw through it three, he threw three interceptions. Um, and like you had just mentioned, he slowly started to fall off at the end of the season. Um, but, I mean, if you look at his strengths, though, he has the arm. He doesn't have – I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's got the strongest arm in the draft, uh, but we've seen his patience in the pocket, his pocket patience. We've seen his vision. We've seen his ability to not make careless mistakes. Um, however, he did struggle quite a bit in the Oklahoma game. So, um, in terms of Mac Jones compared to Kyle Trask, I think if you put the right people around Mac Jones, he could be very good. And I know you had just expressed your high praise for Mac Jones. Kyle Trask, I feel like at best he has maybe a Jared Goff ceiling. I mean, I don't think he's going to be this elite quarterback um, at all by any means. I don't even think he'll be a starter. Um, unless, of course, you have a guy like in a Jalen Hurts situation where they cut him or or not cut him, where they where Carson Wentz struggles and you bench him. But I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts are going to be a team that everyone's looking at for the quarterback situation. Yeah, um, that, that all makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, before we start ending this thing down, um, I just want to go ahead and throw it over to the, the best of the rest of these quarterbacks um, that we have here. And I'll just name them off. And you let me know if there's anybody that you could see, you know, proving themselves to become a starter in the NFL and, you know, making some noise, even though they're going to be more of the later, you know, the, the quarterbacks that are taking later rounds per se. Um, so we got Ian Book with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We got Sam Ellinger with the Texas Longhorns. We have Felipe Franks out of Arkansas, Kellen Mond from A&M, and of course, Jamie Newman. Uh, I guess you could say he's from Georgia, but ultimately he's from Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kellerman had an up and down season. Um, and Kellerman played well in the Senior Bowl. Um, I want to say he might have had a year of eligibility left, so he could have came back to Texas A&M. Um, but, I mean, he was probably one of the better and more consistent quarterbacks in the SEC um, the past few years. They're probably during most of his time at Texas A&M. Um, because if you look at Georgia's quarterbacks – Georgia had Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm had probably – I think Jake Fromm had an up-and-down season last season. I One of my friends 
I'm very high on Jake Fromm. I don't like the fit at all for the Bills because he's never going to play. And one of my one of my good friends is a diehard Georgia fan, and I was like, "Are you going to get a jersey?" And he goes, "No, because he doesn't. I don't think he's going to be there for a long time because you got Josh Allen, and a Josh Allen, people wrote him off for a playoff choke, and now he's in. He was in the MVP race for this year, so I don't think Jake Fromm's going to play. Um, I think yep. Jake. I I want to say he got added to their roster as a QB three. Um, he might have been their second guy like throughout the season, but. I have a lot of high praise for Jake Fromm. Um, I think Jake Fromm was one of the most, one of the more NFL-ready quarterbacks out of a lot of these quarterbacks in last year's draft. Um, obviously, not named guys like the first-round talent guys like Joe Burrow, um, but I think Kellen Mond has a chance to be a very, very reliable QB two. Or if a veteran um, situation goes down, he could be that reliable guy to step in. I mean, we've seen plenty of flashes of him, um, and. He, he was one of those fan-favorite quarterbacks over in the SEC. So I'm excited for Kellen Mond. Sam Ellinger, I like Sam Ellinger as you know a college quarterback. I feel like he's always been one of those guys that, um, I, I mean, even this year, I feel like this year he probably played one of his best years that he's ever played at Texas. Um, and I remember watching the Texas-Oklahoma game where that game was just going back and forth, even in overtime. Uh, we started to see a lot of Spencer Rattler's strength stand out towards the end of the game. Um, and I feel like a lot of it is the vision of Sam, the decision-making. I feel like Sam Ellinger is going to need a lot of grooming. Um, I don't see him being – and like, I, I say this out of no sarcasm at all, XFL. I, I think the XFL would be – I think the XFL, and like that's why like if The Rock grabbed some like awesome, like big-name quarterbacks – like Sam Ellinger, I think Sam Ellinger would do very well in the XFL. They got till 2022, but, I mean, out of no sarcasm at all, I, I think Sam Ellinger would have a very bright future in the XFL. Yeah, uh, you named the two guys that I was going to pick out of the out of that group and, and Kellen Mond and Sam Ellinger. Sam, Sam Ellinger just has, you know, the it factor, I guess you could say, when it comes to the quarterback position. He just got it. He knows, he knows how to play the position fairly well. Um, he just couldn't really put it together there at Texas. He did very well. Um, he stepped it up his senior season, which is what mm-hmm. I needed to see from him. Um, was it recognized by everybody else? Not necessarily, nope. but I like him. And then I also like Kellen Mond. And the whole reason I like Kellen Mond is because he's, he was coached and had to listen to Jimbo Fisher, um, his head coach there. Jimbo Fisher is a quarterback whisperer, although not all of Jimbo Fisher's quarterbacks have been successful in the NFL. They have been proven to be, you know, coachable quarterback mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of nfl guys are looking for especially when you're talking about a guy that can sit behind a starter and you need a somewhat decent quarterback to come in and fill that role if he goes down with an injury kellen mon seems like that type of quarterback i couldn't have said it better sam so um with that being said i want to thank you as always for for being my you know my mm-hmm. right hand man here um we're going to be doing this these position previews um leading up to the nfl draft we've also got a special guest that's going to be joining us really soon for an interview. Um, we'll, we'll break that down to you guys once we have everything figured out with him. Um, but anything you want to say before we, we go ahead and log off here? Yeah, don't. I don't want, I want anything coming out of that. I'm, I'm really excited for that. But, um, yeah, no, man, it's, it's been great. I'm really excited for this. I, I, we've got some big things coming for us, um, so I'm really excited. Um, as far as shouting things out, I run Dairy Sports. I run the Cards Wire. Um, Caleb and I are on every week and stay tuned for the title town show with Matt and I, I might even be going back to NFL offseason, but stay tuned for that one. 
Yes, sir. As always, you guys can follow me down here at CHS No on Twitter. Obviously, me and Sam are on here every Wednesday at 8 p.m. with Saturday Standouts. Right after this show at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, I am on a show with one of our founders, Perry Aston, for Keeping It Blunt. So you guys turn over to that immediately after this. Um, I can't say enough about our sponsors that we have, whether that's RX Hemp or my bookie. Great, great people, great organizations associated with. Head over to our shop at teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped or you know if that doesn't work try flip-flopping the unwrapped of the stores i'm not quite sure how it goes um other than that please join our patreon guys support our network as much as you can whether it's a dollar um just to support us monthly whether that's five dollars to go ahead and get ten dollars a ten dollar amazon enter for a ten dollar amazon card um get ten percent off the store every single time you purchase or, or go ahead and enter the discord where you're going to be able to interact with all of us contributors with Unwrapped, as well as other fans. It's awesome. Pop culture, sports, everything you can want and imagine is there. And then also the VIP level as well. That's $10. You get 20% off from the store every single week on top of being added to the Discord to interact with everybody as well there. And then you're also entered into a giveaway for a signed jersey, which is awesome. And that pretty much pays for itself, guys. So without further ado, thank you, Sam. Thank you guys for tuning in. And this has been another episode of Saturday Stand Up.